When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Well everyone, happy new year. And I say that with a, uh, a stance of uh, sadness, considering how Liverpool have been playing. Um, and I'm sure people know that my passion for Liverpool and Danny's has, has not dwindled over the last few games. But we've certainly got some questions and some um, things to chat about, I'll tell you that. But I'll start off on a good note. So, um, Danny, how was your Christmas and um, New Year? I do know you just happen to be in the greatest city in the world for Christmas. So, um, tell me all about that, buddy. Did yeah, it was um, yeah, it was nice. Thanks, man. Yeah, you know it's like um, busy enough when you've got kids and all the rest of it. I know we're going to dive into that a little bit more in the second half of the pod. Um, but yeah, having kids makes things. A lot more stressful, but also a lot more exciting as well. So it was a good Christmas. Like the kids are all at the age now. I've got I've got three kids. Obviously, I've made six, what eight, six, and two. Um, so they're all like buzzing about Christmas and buzzing about Santa and all the rest of it. So it was nice. It just makes it a bit more magical. Like you're going over, we landing in Liverpool Christmas Eve. Um, and then you're going to be seeing all the family, like all the presents, all the rest of it. Like so, for the kids, it's just like a whirlwind of an adventure that they get into just like even just like stupid things like nighttime on the boat. Like you go on the boat and with nighttime in a cabin, you sit there like watching a movie in bed and all like they were buzzing, like absolutely buzzing. So it was good. It was uh, obviously a, I said a whirlwind because we landed in Christmas Eve, left day after Boxing Day. Um, ah, but it was great though. Good to see the family and all the rest of it. So yeah, it was a good Christmas. How was yours? Yeah, well, I'll tell you something for that one. It was awful. Our house had the bug. Oh, man. So everyone in our house had the bug. Um, my, my oldest boy was up vomiting all Christmas Eve. And um, he didn't have the energy to open his presents. So it was one of them. It was a little bit kind of depressing as, as such because we all had the bug. But what I do know is a lot of, a lot of people were going through sickness and, yeah. and bugs during Christmas. And it is a time of year because you do so much mixing and... 
distress and all people do get sick. So, but what I will say on on a positive note, my new year was better. Um, a couple of days before New Year, I brought my oldest boy Logan to um to his first Liverpool match at Anfield. Mm-hmm. So um. That was the Leicester City match. And something's... I mean, it, it's a good way to kind of go into our conversation here, Danny, because in that match, being at the match, it was a great atmosphere as usual. Um, big shout-out to friends of the podcast, Chris Kirkland and Neil Meller, who are seeing they were great with Logan and stuff. Um, and it was a great experience, but Liverpool played awful. And I, I'm kind of happy that, even though we played awful, his first ever match Liverpool won. Because you can only ever go to one, your first ever match at Anfield once. And imagine that was a defeat. That, that, that that's a story that you, he's going to be telling his grandchildren in eighty years' time. So it's one of them where the performance was awful, but we we, we got the result. And speaking of results, um, Danny, you know, looking back at it, the Brighton game, the Leicester game, we won Villa game. You know, Man City. The first game back was Man City, and we, we built up in the last podcast, didn't we? Right, first game back against Manchester City you know, in the League Cup with holders, and it was a good enough game. But we just didn't come on top, and isn't that kind of how things are going? We have good spells recently, but we're not really, we're not. There's something quite, there's something missing, isn't it? There is, there is. It's a strange one, isn't it? As I said, perspective's a weird thing, isn't it? Is there, like for for me sitting in the house watching it on TV, for us to win two one and not score a goal is just kind of. You're looking at that game, just going, "This is woeful to watch. This is really, really hard." But from the perspective of, of as you said, like your little lad's first game, like you don't care how they go in as long as they go in. Um, so it's a strange one. Like, and we all, as you said, we all remember it. Like, I remember my first games, Liverpool Ipswich FA Cup, uh, went all the way to pens, um, and that, and like I loved that. There would have been people watching that on TV just going, this is an awful game, finished, I think it was one all, and then went to pens at the end. Um, and a day when you didn't do replays and all the rest of it. And um, yeah, went all the way through to pens. And like I loved it because you got away, went away at the end going, like I got to see everything that you could see in a game, including the penalty shootout. I was sitting in the main stand, like the penalties were right in front of me. It was a great game. Um, so it's all about perspective sometimes and yes we got the points but as you said from a supporter's point of view from someone that wasn't watching the first game someone that's been through many years of, of different matches it was just it was just a hard one to watch wasn't it and I'd never like won't even talk about we'll get on to Brentford and Wolves and all the rest of it but yeah as you said there's just there's something missing there's something not clicking and Everyone's quick to jump to the midfield, and, and I totally understand that. Totally understand the midfield argument. We need midfielders, and we're gonna we're gonna bang on the same as everybody else in the country. But for me, there's, there seems to be more than that. There's a, there's a disconnect in the whole team because the defense isn't playing like it was in previous seasons. The attack, like I know, uh, there's a lot of been said about Sadio Mane and all the rest of it. Um, and even the injuries with, with Diaz and Jota and stuff like that. But for me, we've still got a real top class front line but they're just not connecting there's something is not happening that's that's meaning we're not putting things together like we have done in previous seasons like we've seen the way Salah's playing this season probably isn't up to the standards of the way he's played in previous seasons um Nunes as well like we can get onto the Nunes debate if you want because I think we're probably slightly different opinions on Nunes um but yeah there's there's something like if for me it's bigger than the midfield I think we can bring in two midfielders there's a disconnect there that that's bigger than just one area of the pitch. Do you know what, Danny? You literally said exactly what I was going to say. So, yeah, obviously the midfield's an issue, but I think 
I'm going to name three or four things. Now. I'll probably name eight, but I'll name the, the the main three or four things that come to my head. Manny. We're missing Manny. Yeah. You know, the goals he scored, a bit like Salah, he, he wasn't involved in the game and he, and he scored goals. And even the games that he, he didn't score, he was always involved in creating chances and stuff like that. So we're missing Manny. Second of all, injuries. We, you know, we're, in the last four or five games, we've missed Jota, Diaz and Firmino. They, mm. They're arguably, you know, three starters. You know, so you're missing them. Third thing, I think, is burnout from last season. You know, and then the fourth thing you you've used the word disconnect. I'm gonna say, and I hate to say this, is it complacency a little bit? Is it kind of like you know you've got the bulk of that squad that have won everything? Mm. They're all coming to a certain age where they've they've all made the money. You know, every single Liverpool player in that squad now they retired. They'd retire with more trophies than most professional players, and with more money than most professional players. So is it kind of like, is there something to be said that maybe the players need? You know, Diaz has come in, aye, but he's injured. Jota's come in, hasn't really won much, he's injured. Um, Salah, Salah's a good question. Salah has had a indifferent season, but he's still been one of our better players, statistic-wise. And I think world-class, you can't change. And a lot of these games, Danny, it's pivotal moments and pivotal decisions, you know, um, like, let's go back to the, the Brentford game. You know, we were 2-0 down at half-time. Second half, Van Dijk comes off injured. You know, it happens. He's, you know, he's out for a few weeks. Thank God it's not longer. First 20 minutes of that game, we were all over them. Mm. So, sorry, the second half, we score a goal. And years gone by, Danny. Liverpool going 2-0 down, you would sit there and you would go. It doesn't matter what happened. You can have you can have a bad half of football. Liverpool go 2-0 down and you're sitting there and you're going, right. We've got a chance. I would see you would still almost see. Now I know there's a lot of people who listen to this on betters, but I know there's a lot of people who listen to it is. You would almost see the betting online, Liverpool to Nildan. Liverpool would still be favourites to win the game. But there was a reason for that. We scored that third goal, make it two one against Brentford. But you're sitting there and you're going, mm, I don't really fancy us. What what's changed, Danny? What is it the things I've stated or is it is there something else I'm not missing? What this word disconnect that you use and I use complacency or there's lots of variants of it. What 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 is it? What's happening? I don't think there's one thing, and this is why it's such a discussion on the different TV shows, on Sky Sports, all the rest of it. Because there's not there's not one thing I think that we can say. Like I think as you said before, that there's tons of things that we could go into. And for me, watching the games over the last couple of weeks, I think the problem is, and especially for fans of rival teams, we, we can't really use the whole fatigue thing anymore because we had such a, like so many of our players had such a break during the World Cup. Um, and so you'd expect that they would be in better form coming back into it, but there's something just greater than that. And I think you could almost pinpoint something in every area of the pitch, whether it be Trent and the fact that maybe he's got like low morale, low self-esteem after everything that was before the World Cup and the fact that he didn't get playing and all the rest of it is that part of the issue. Van Dijk is probably tiredness because he has been playing consistently and he was in a good section of the World Cup playing games consistently. Alisson, the same, could be part to do with that because he was obviously a lot to blame with the Wolves game and different things like that. Um Nunes obviously being a new player coming in, not finding his feet yet, not being able to score. Is Salah playing as bad as he is? Because although we, although so many fans constantly were complaining about it and the news were making us such a big issue of it, did 
that competition with Mane drive him to be a better player. And that's maybe why he's not playing as well this season. Like, you could almost pick every individual player and give a separate reason why there's something going wrong. So, so there's not, that's for me, that's why I think you can't just say, I'll oh, buy two midfielders and we'll be sorted, because I don't think we can. I think it's something greater than that. I think there, there almost needs to be a total revamp of the team. And maybe that is because, as you said, so many of them have won every cup, and some of them maybe need to go on and have a new challenge. Yeah, I mean, you make a good point there. Like you can make so many different arguments for every player. I'm gonna make an. I'm gonna mention a, a player here. I'm gonna mention a game before we kind of talk about future fixtures. And I know this discussion that we're gonna have now. It could go five minutes or it could go five hours. Um, unfortunately, we don't have that time. But we've 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 got to mention it. Um, you mentioned Allison there. Obviously, made the mistake, you know, against Wolves, which we'll come into and. It was a strong team, which suggested to me that Jürgen Klopp saying, we've no chance of the league. We're playing Real Madrid in the Champions League. So the FA Cup's our best chance to win the trophy. So, you know, and that kind of went tits up, as you would say. But um, one thing I will say in that game, Nunes scored. Now, Nunes, what I will say, when I watched him live against Leicester, the man never stopped running. He literally is a workhorse. Now he's raw, he's 21-22. You know, he scored goals the last couple of years. He's come to Liverpool. He scored 10 goals in his first 23 games, which is better than Suarez and Mane, may I add. Mm. I think, and I said it in the last podcast, and you kind of laughed, I think he's going to be an absolute superstar for Liverpool. I think he's going to be Liverpool's, one of Liverpool's greatest ever players if he stays with us. But he keeps getting criticism and he keeps missing chance after chance. Now, as a forward-thinking player, I'm thinking, lad, he's in there. There's going to be days where he's get he's going to get a hat trick and it's all going to change. Mm. And even if he's not, even if he doesn't score, he's a nuisance. I would hate to play against him, so you can't really criticize him. But the counter argument is the amount of chances he had. If he just took half them, these games that we're mentioning of Liverpool getting beat, there would probably be draws and wins for Liverpool. So, where's your kind of side of the argument? What side of the fence are you on, Danny? Um, I'd be interested to know here. I my worry isn't because I remember back in the day for all the people that are complaining that were born after the year two thousand and don't remember all the olden days and uh, what the people were like watching them over the years. Like I remember, and you'll remember as well when Peter Crouch joined the pub. We look back at Peter Crouch now and go, "What a, what a quality player!" Like there was nothing bad that you could say about Peter Crouch. He was a great player. He was a great servant to the club. His first what fifteen twenty games. Couldn't, couldn't hit a barns over a banjo. Like, he was so awful. But you always knew that it would come. It takes time. Like, for people who are sitting there, just like, he should be coming in. And, and you're getting these comparisons all the time, which is ridiculous. It's like, oh, well, Haaland's come into Man City and he's done it. It's like, Haaland is like a unbelievable top-level, world-class player. And you can see that. And he's going to be like that for years to come. Just because Haaland's doing it doesn't mean everybody does it. The Premier League is arguably the hardest league in the world to come into and perform. And as a young lad that's got, he's volatile, he's got a lot of emotion in him as well. It's going to take him time to settle, but but he's going to come good. My only worry about Nunes from watching him in the games, because as you said, he gets into the he gets into the spaces. He's getting the opportunities so that the opportunities are going to consistently be there. My worry is that he's missing chances that, that anyone should be scoring. It, it, there was numerous chances in some of those games over the past week and a half that 
he's he's been taking shots that that anybody could be scored and put in that position, and yet he's he's missed the target or he's hit the post, and that's my worry is the fact that the the bread and butter shots that that no matter what form you're in, people are normally tapping them in. He's missing them as well, and that's for me where the worry comes in overall is them thinking to myself, yes, you'll come good, you're getting the chances, but but you should you should be scoring those ones and you're not. So I hope that that's not going to be the hindrance in the months to come. But what I would say, and I get what you're saying, and it's hard to kind of compare Nunes to like myself, but I'm thinking from a forward point of view. Yeah. I've been playing in games before, I've missed sitters, and then you're like, you know, I can't miss another sitter again, but then you have days where it just doesn't go for you. Like, are you trying to say, are you trying to suggest maybe that he's having to, you're giving the benefit of the doubt, but at what stage do you stop because the sitters are that easy? Is that what you're kind of saying? Yeah, yeah. I think like I, I have always been of the of the mindset that you've got to give you've got to give a player a season. You've got to like it's not fair, especially for the young lads. You, you've got to give these players a season to embed themselves in. You've also got to remember, which a lot of people don't get, and me and you understand it probably from a very small perspective. But but you think of it from the great perspective of these players is that. It's a big deal to move countries, to move to a country where you don't necessarily know the language, where you don't know the culture, where you don't know the people. All of these different things can really accumulate into your game. Like, as I said, we know from a small perspective from moving from Liverpool to here, it's still sort of within the UK. That's a very controversial comment over here. But it's still within <laughs> like that type of... It's still within the country. And st- and But the reality is, is that... The culture is very different over here. The way they play football over here is very different to the way that we play in Liverpool. Even though we're still same language, we understand people, it still takes a while to embed yourself into a new culture. So for these boys, he's 21 years old, come across to a different country, into the most pressurised league in the world. You've got to give the boy a season. You've got to. But as you said, I think that those chances that are your sort of bread and butter chances in front of goal, balls being squared across to you and you knocking them in, like he's he's got to get better at scoring them. But at the same time, like that world he scored against Wolves, like it was it was only the only difference between that and you'll remember the Van Persie one that has like gone down in history where the ball came over the top and he connects with it yeah. first time. The only difference is the connect is the Van Persie hit it. And Nunes guided it. But apart from that, exactly the same type of thing. All up over the top, hits it first time. It is a world-class finish. So, And the fact that he's scoring that is great. But I think like any striker would say, and you know yourself, you can score worldies, or you can score worldies and that's great. You're only going to score them one every 10 games. The, the bread and butter chances he needs to be starting to finish. So, yeah, I mean, as I said, it's an interesting conversation. When we can't talk about it constantly and constantly. So uh, let me ask you kind of in a simple yes or no question before we talk about the future games. You know, Merseyside derby and a game against Newcastle, Chelsea and Real Madrid coming up. Wow. <laughs> um, but so far, halfway through the season, Nunes on 10 goals in a simple yes or no answer. Has it been good enough? For Nunes? Yeah. <laughs> For me, for me, no, not at the minute. But I, I can't. But I'm not going to sit here and say, "Ah, oh, he's awful." He's not. But but for a striker in the position that we're in as Liverpool, he needs to be doing better. So up to now, for me, it hasn't been enough. But but I'm not writing him off. 
No, that's okay. Fair enough. Right. Well, we've kind of skimmed over those games there, and uh, you know, depressing thoughts against against uh, Brentford and and um, Villa and stuff like that. But we have got a replay against Wolves, you know, which you would, would fancy us in. But sandwiched in between those fixtures, our next five fixtures, um, and there's a reason we've picked these five because it, it brings us on to our next podcast. We have Brighton away, the Wolves game away, a replay of the FA Cup, Chelsea, Everton. Newcastle, okay, and then a nice easy one at the end there, um, against a team called Real Madrid. Now, Danny, I'm sitting here and I'm not gonna lie, I've got butterflies in my stomach because I'm like, wow, if Liverpool win most of those games, which are capable of our season, could just turn around. But what I suppose I'm asking, I know we've got oh, maybe five minutes or so to discuss this because we've got a special guest coming on the second part of the pod. Um, no, Chelsea having a bad run of form. Brighton are having a great season. Everton are playing shocking as per Newcastle are in their own little kind of box at the moment, the way they're playing. Um, we could discuss those individual fixtures all day, um, but I want to focus on this kind of Real Madrid fixture um, at the end at the end of February here, twenty uh, first of Feb. Do you think if Liverpool win that game, then we're favourites for the competition? Um, and also take that aside. Do you think Real Madrid are favourites in the two leg of the tie, which actually suits Liverpool? Yeah. Uh, well, I don't. I don't know. I, I think I'm. I think I'm saying yeah, but I think it's very much a, a, a hard answer. Um, the Champions League is so unpredictable, isn't it? It's so hard to be able to gauge. I think. I think the fact that we're a home first leg. Is a real struggle. Um, I, th- I think we would. I think you ask any Liverpool fan, they'd always rather be at home on the second leg. Um, the second leg, I think, having home advantage gives you a, a huge advantage because you know where you know where you are, you know where you stand. Um, even if we go one nil, two nil ahead, to then have to go to Real Madrid and try and keep that is it, it with the form that we're in is quite difficult. Um, Real Madrid, I think there's no, they're, they're a top, top side, like really, really good, really well drilled, playing really well this season. So it is, it's a massive uphill battle for us, uh, I think, to try and do well in that game. Uh, I think the fixtures leading up to it, I think will have an impact on that match. I think if we can, if we can beat Everton, if we can beat Chelsea, if we can win that FA Cup tie against Wolves, I think we need to be like gaining momentum to take us into that game. We can't just rely on the fact that, oh, it's the Champions League night at Anfield. Like, yes, that is a big thing, but we need to be going into that with the momentum in order to get, because I I, I honestly think we need to take at least a three-goal advantage into the Bernabeu. Otherwise, we're not going to do anything. Because I think Real Madrid are that good, and the way that they're playing at the minute is so solid. That, that I think anything other than a three-goal lead, I think I think we've got no hope. And and I know that's a bad thing to say with the nights that we've seen at Anfield and the way that Liverpool have played in the Champions League. But that that's just where that's just where my heart's at at the minute. No, no, of course, big big statement there. And what I will say to you is, again, I wish we had all night to, dis- to discuss these games. But I'm going to mention two things now, and I'm going to try and make it as quick as I can. I'm going to mention each game individually, and I just want you to say win, draw, or lose, just to see your opinion if, if it matches with me and I'll, t- I'll tell you kind of um, as we go along so first of all Brighton win, win lose or draw win okay Wolves FA Cup replay away win it's, it's got to be a win it's got to be like if we have any hope of doing well this season we've got to win that game no problem Chelsea 
it's a it's a part of the real pandemic because obviously a proper hit and miss at the minute like yeah um we are at home aren't we to chelsea i think so yeah yeah i think it's half 12 kickoff uh i'm gonna say win because okay. i think the crowd gets behind the pool in big games like that and then everton merseyside derby 13th of february like, come on, we have got to get Lampard sacked in that game. That'd be great. Like, I don't care if we lose all that other games, as long as we do that, would be great. <laughs> and then, last of all, before the Real Madrid game, Newcastle. Newcastle. I'm honestly going to say, I'm going to say draw. Newcastle, like, and, and you know what? The way the form the way the way form is at the minute, I think if we get a draw against Newcastle, we'll be doing well. Newcastle are flying this season. Literally every single prediction, I agree with you, apart from the Brighton game. I'm going to go for a draw on the Brighton game because I think Brighton are a bit of a bogey team and a great team at the moment. Mm. So I agree with you on everything. So the last kind of subject I want to discuss before we got our special guest guest on and our first guest of 2023 um, is our new signing, you know, our, our January signing, uh, Cody Gapko. So I'm not going to sit here and Most say that. Most sounding name in the world. <laughs> That's it. Yes, Gapko, lad. Yes, lad. Yes, lad. Yes, lad. <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and say that I know everything about him. Um, but I've seen him a few games of the World Cup. Uh, and obviously, we've seen him against Wolves. Um, and he ran, this may sound a little bit kind of an easy comparison. He reminds me a little bit of Babel. Do you remember okay. Ryan Babel? Well, you know, obviously the, 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 the Dutch <laughs> obviously the Dutch connection there. But, um, do you think he'll come good? Do you think he should cheer and cop system? And do you think it's a good signing? I I don't know whether he suits the system. I'm going to say that just for, and I've only seen him in one game. That's a harsh thing to say. I think he looks good. I think he's going to come good. He reminds me of the likes of Coutinho and stuff like that when he came in. I think to come in first game and be trying to do skills and be trying to run up players, he's got a very positive mindset. Normally, you see a lot of boys first game in, they're just passing sideways and they're playing it safe and they're trying to have a good game. He didn't. He was prepared to take risks. And I think that's always a good thing because as his confidence grows, he'll be. Like, he'll get better and he'll get more exciting and he'll start pulling off those skills that he was doing. I, I don't think he suits the system, though. That, that's the problem. I think he suits, for me, suits more of a Coutinho role. He suits him more hanging off the number t- like number 10 or like Gerrard in his prime, like that attacking midfield type. Looks like he can smack a 30-yarder, really run a players. He looks big, he looks powerful. So I don't know whether he suits more of like a, a, a diamond in the middle formation. I don't know. Do you know what worries me a little bit is that more or less every player I've seen coming for Liverpool, Jurgen Klopp always benches him for three or four games. Mm. And then he he, he, he he was literally straight in because we because of the many injuries we've got. And, um, you know, Oxley Chamberlain, like, I, I don't think Jurgen Klopp would sit there and go, right, I fancy you four games in a row. I just mm. don't think he, he fancies it. So that's worrying. But as I say, when it comes out, when I think time will tell, time will tell. So, yeah, no, as I say, the first part of the podcast here, you know, it's been, let, we're not going to lie, it's been a little bit depressing over the last four <laughs> or five fixtures. Um, but like 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 we say, well, we've repeated on this podcast on numerous occasions, the next five or six fixtures are absolutely massive. And we've, we could sit in here in the next podcast, you know, bringing up, saying bring on the quarterfinals of the Champions League, the next round of the FA Cup, um, and sitting, you know, closest of fourth than we, we have before. Or we could sit in here in a worse position, which I really, really hope we don't. Um, but on a, on a, a more positive note, we've got a very special, po- uh, a very special guest in the next part of the podcast. A really interesting guest that we're we're looking forward to interview. So um, we'll 
we'll, we'll keep that a surprise for now. But yeah, listen, um, thanks for listening to the first part of Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Right, everybody, welcome back to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Now, we are joined by a good friend of mine, Marty Chappelle. He runs the, the Dad podcast. And if you haven't heard it before, I am a big fan of it. Apparently, it came up on my Facebook today that I am a top viewer of this podcast, apparently. So, according to Facebook. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, there you go. So, uh, if you haven't listened to it, you should get on it. We're going to get into it a little in a little bit of time. But, Marty, how is it going, bud? How was your Christmas? Yeah, it was nice, actually. Nice and relaxing, you know. Um, got a little bit of time off, about 10 days or so. So, you know, there was a few events to attend and, and one over Christmas. Other than that, pure family time. And that, that's the best thing about it, isn't it? It's fantastic. What about you, boys? All good? Yeah, yeah, it was all right. Thanks, man. Yeah, we were sort of chatting a bit about family. Well, ammo's was crap. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I had the book buddy, so that no that that vomit and diarrhea book went around the house yes. uh, um, on Christmas. So there was no Christmas dinner for me, and there was a lot of uh, a oh, lot yeah. of sleepless nights. But we had a, had a good New Year. I was in Liverpool for the Leicester game, as we mentioned. So it was all good. And as you say, you take the rough with the smooth, don't you? We're Liverpool fans, so we can take that. We know the crap. hundred oh, percent. We were talking about that off uh, obviously we were recording it, but with the bad times we have went through, and then the kids not being used to it. But yeah. We can definitely take it. <laughs> oh, exactly. But no, it's good. And do you know what? We're going to get into the whole thing, obviously, the way your podcast and the format of yours is. Do you find, just as we're getting into this, I'm going to ask you two things and it's to do with families and all. Do you find, you know, one of the downers of my Christmas this year was yeah. that I got to this stage where my mum and dad turned around to me and they said, oh, look, well, obviously, we're not going to buy you any Christmas presents this year because we buy for the kids now. And I was like, no, wait there a minute. Like, I'm still your child. Like, what's happening here? Like, I'm getting to this stage where people are not buying me presents anymore because they're wanting to buy for my kids. I'm like, what's it? Like, I properly kicked off about it like a little kid. And I was like, no, you'll buy me something or I won't be coming to Liverpool and you won't see your grandkids. <laughs> Stop having kids, Danny. Love it. <laughs> yeah, love it. By the way, yeah, but no, uh, I don't want to break your heart here. But yeah, my mum spoiled me for Christmas. Uh, not my lady. So I got I got link sets as we all do, but I was lucky enough I got to pick pick my link sets this year. So there was like a chocolate one I like, and I said if you're buying me, if you're buying me this big links thing, it does me near a year, which is fantastic. The older you get, I was like just buy me a load of the chocolate flavor one, they're class like. So I got a load of that, but it did get spoiled or not. I'm actually Saturday night we're going to see I and calling Poundland Peter K right. So my mum, I got these tickets <laughs> and a card. I was like, you're going to see Peter K. I was like. Oh, I was so excited now. It was 40 quid. I think it's for like 70 quid. Hold on, man. So then she came around. I was like, what's this? And she goes, oh, it's a, it's a one in the Cronin Jail. You want to go see? It's like a tribute act. So I'm calling them, but I was buzzing. Thinking, We're going to watch Peter K here. 40 quid, though. I was like, and as my head starts going, is it like a live viewing in the Cronin Jail? It's like a film or something. Like, I don't know what's funny up here, but yeah, that's what I got for Christmas. I'm one sorry, mate. So can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're gonna have to let us know what that is. Now I'm like, I'm, I'm baffled to know what that could be. So once you're there, you're get a few pictures of Peter May. The two PR suppose I'll probably get hackled now if they present this type of thing. You'll not see it on me, but you know, I'll just get picked on. Bit of karma, you know. <laughs> <laughs> now in the in the sort of Christmas bit, obviously Christmas is finished. But one of the things, your first time on our podcast, Marty. So wanted to get to know you a little bit. And my little lad got a Would You Rather book for Christmas. 
So awesome. I'm gonna I'm gonna fire some of these questions at you. Go ahead. Gives us a chance to get to know you, and it's a random thing to do. Isn't it? A bit of banter. So, I'm gonna put this out here now. So if if my screen freezes, you know I don't want to answer one of them. So. <laughs> this man, like, this man knows where he's at, Danny. He's been on podcasts before. I know. Where is there? Knows how to bail off a good podcast. <laughs> now, this is like specifically we bought this. It's like classic six-year-old boy. Everything is like disgusting in it because all he ever talks about is poo all the time. So that's basically, awesome. basically what all of these things are. So, awesome. would you rather eat wet cat food or dry dog treats for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Oh, that's both of them are absolutely rotten, but at the same time, the dry dog treats not that I want to eat them, but I've, I've had no choice. Yeah, for my life depending on, I'll eat them. <laughs> like it, like it. Would you rather have to use leaves as toilet roll or mayonnaise as shower gel? Oh, mayonnaise as shower, I'll be rotten, so I'll leaves go for the leaves, even though it's rotten too. But yeah, and see where this is going. Yeah, it's it's all like every one of these questions is like so random. Like this was what my Christmas day was. Just so you know, I'm just putting this to you because my Christmas <laughs> no day presents and all these presents. Son of just would you rather questions. <laughs> so, <laughs> would you rather? It's a classic one that we had to go through on Christmas day. Would you rather brush your teeth with someone else's toothbrush or wipe your bum with dirty toilet roll? No, I'd be happy with the toothbrush one. Use the missus one, no problem. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> so would you rather last one have a cat sized elephant as a pet or an elephant sized cat <laughs> I forgot the first part <laughs> <laughs> but the smaller one there you are <laughs> the cat sized elephant don't blame you <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> we're like we're like legitimately saying that we're like on a podcast now like chatting about like uh, being a dad and Liverpool and stuff. <laughs> Daddy, what on earth have you just brought this podcast to, buddy? There's <laughs> <laughs> nothing better than a bit of, bit of light-hearted poo banter. You know what I mean? That's what this is all about. <laughs> is, that, is, that Jonas, is that Jonas, is it? Yeah, yeah, of course it is. <laughs> shout, shout out Fantastic. to Jonas. <laughs> We're going through party training at the minute, so that was completely relevant. My little lad, I came home tonight, and he's completely naked, other than a, he has a Spider-Man mask that he wears like a hat, and then he pulls it down, and he just comes in and eats my dinner. And he's just cut, cuts in with, like, literally naked with this wee, this wee muscle. I'm like, all right, son. He's like, I'm like, what, the f- what is going on here? Like? So we're a party train, and he's just completely naked all the time. It's funny, look. Like. Uh, so it's very relevant. <laughs> now, this is, now, leading into it, that's the whole reason why I listen to your podcast quite a lot, because obviously me and Ammo, same as yourself, with dads, like, I've got I've got three kids, like an eight-year-old, six-year-old, a two-year-old is potty training as well, so I know exactly what you're going through, man. Um, went into my daughter day before yesterday, and first time she'd done a poo on the toilet, and I was like, "Ah, oh, like have you done the have you done the potty?" And she was like, "I done poos," and I was like, "Did you?" And she was like, "Yeah, look," and like held her hand out with a nice big poo, and as she pulled out, "Ah, <laughs> like, oh, great, thanks." That is, Fantastic. The, that is the joys of it. Um, yeah. Obviously, you host a dad podcast called the Dad Podcast. Um, yeah. Going into your second season now. What was the what was the whole thinking behind starting it up? Why did it begin? Why are you doing it? What's what's it all about for anyone that hasn't heard it before? Okay, so basically, as you know, we've done a podcast called Mind Your Bab with a guy called Robbie Butler in Lisburn, MLA. Uh, me and him, the podcast went very well. We were um, recording them weekly at the time. Uh, but anyway, long story short, COVID came, completely halted it, and then we tried to rejuvenate. 
And obviously with work schedules, it just kept clashing. So we decided to kind of just leave it there. We'll do the odd special or something. But, but that's kind of where the interest of podcast came. So initially then, as I said, I got sitting one day with Mrs. watching Loose Women. Don't ask me why I was watching Loose Women. But I just seen that they literally just all the dudes talk on it. They literally bring up topics and so on. I was like, I said to them, is that literally all they do? Sit and talk about a rubbish all day? And they're like, yeah. I was like, it's not really for dads, sir. And I was kind of flirting with an idea to start a podcast. And there we go. That That's kind of where it was born. I thought, hey, I'll start one for dads. You know, get dads on from all walks of life. And I literally have had dads from all walks of life come on and tell me a little bit about their story. You know, some of it's funny, some of it's, you know, kind of hard-hitting, but that is literally where it started. Oh, nice. And, like, obviously, I've heard a good few of the episodes, and you do have a dad, a lot of dads from a lot of different backgrounds and different sort of different work lives and, and different things like that. And what, what are you hoping to achieve out of it? What's the, what's the aim of, of what you want to get out of the podcast, what you want to give to people through the podcast and, and different yeah. things like that? Again, talking about that, I had a guy on, um, Neil McTaggart. He is called Amateur Dad on Facebook. I'm a, a fan of his posts. His posts are just, they just make me laugh. So it's just to bring like, meaningful content. Me and I've had a really, I say, a long conversation, five, ten minutes. And I was picking his brains once we went off camera. It's like, how are you getting so many posts out there? And it's not that I want any sort of, it's not fame. I'm not, I don't mean that, but I don't want any like publicity from it. All I do is bring a little bit of joy. Uh, I relate quite a lot and again share some experiences as I said from dads that you know somebody will jump on and say well actually yeah that's happened to me you know or and then likewise there'll be another guy will come on and say the same thing and we just bring up issues that I feel that dads is overlooked in a way you know there's certain things that were overlooked on and I really just want to kind of raise some issues with that too so yeah I just and again I really enjoy doing them I mean some interesting Fellas, you know, obviously, Danny, I've met you before, but you know, I've never had the pleasure of meeting yourself in person. So, yeah, that, that's basically it. Can, can, can I ask Marty, just as like, uh, you mentioned a good point there about Canada's being overlooked. And uh, yeah. in the 21st century that we live in, you know, mm-hmm. I, I have listened to a couple of podcasts and please, you know, excuse my ignorance if you've discussed this and put this that's out okay. in public. My, my thought process is, is that although everyone says a stigma about racism, and things like that, and you know, you've got to move forward. Same homophobia, things yeah. like that. They have this whole thing about you know men having this up, up, up a stiff lip, and and they can't complain, etc., etc. Yeah. Do you think in the twenty first century that we're at, that's a kind of expected now to be? You you can't just go to work and be, mm-hmm. and, and and provide the money. You know, you've got to be there on all levels emotionally. Yeah. Um, and things like that. I suppose what I'm trying to say here is there's always been that little bit of sympathy for single mums and, and, and women out there. You know, you, you give a perfect example of loose women there. Yes. And it's settled typically, you know, daytime TV has been, yeah. you know, moulded around that kind of mum, put the kid to school, this is her time now, watch it. As a dad, and you've become a dad, how old are you are we, lad? Is he about three, is he, Mori? He is, he's, maybe, again, he's three and a half year before yeah. August, so yeah, three and a half. So you, you've become a dad, and that's obviously a, a massive cold shock to him. Do you yeah. think, society, and this is a very deep question, I don't want to kind of go off, off on a tail base here, yeah. but do you think, as a society, the fact that everyone's looking for, looking at, like, what, what's the institutional racism and, and people's mental health, do you think dads in general are overlooked for the what they do in society. Now, let me let me, let me make something very clear before I kind of let you answer. Yeah. I was brought up by my dad. My, yeah. my dad brought me up. And um, 
I personally think that dads are kind of overlooked. But the problem is because because women go through you know holding the baby and through childbirth, yeah. it's kind of like no matter what you're feeling as a dad, that can never compare to that. When if we've learned anything over the last 15, 20 years with mental health, no two stories are the same. A hundred percent. But you're right, you know, and again, this is my opinion, in case anyone ever gets offended, but th- this is my opinion. Yeah, I'll give you an example of myself. So all I seen myself as was uh, I literally the breadwinner, right? So I go to work, I literally work myself to death, provide a good life for my kids. And I'm literally, I feel like I'm the stepping stone for my son to have a good life. That's a terrible attitude to have because in a day, my little lad needs me to have enough energy to play with him, to be the present. He just can't have me coming home absolutely blitzed here. And land down. So yeah, again, so that's as you said, we're seen as the breadwinner. You know, in a lot of cases, not not all cases, but in, in you know, in my case, that's the way I see myself. But I do think that we are overlooked massively in certain areas, you know. Um, and again, it's you know, it's the um like a lot of dads, for instance, not not getting access to kids. I've seen that. There's a lot of dads that I know through the football scene that have quit playing football because they're like, Oh, I have a kid now. And I would say to them, Well, what's wrong? What's the difference here? You know. Like, oh, well, I have to work my workouts around being at home. I was like, you need out of the house. You need to get a hobby. You need to go back to your football, if it's not even football. And same for the ladies. You know, the missus and me, we, we have many of Bonnie's, you know, by me being out working 12-hour days and then nipping off to play football on a Saturday for five, six hours, using the wall about yourselves. That was taking the piss, you know. So I had to then come back and say, let's have some common ground here. You know, I'll train one night a week. I'll do my gym and stuff. Anything I want to do around that, but I'll not be out of the house more than one or two nights a week. That was common ground. So, yeah, there is a bit of give and take. We do sometimes take the piss, like I did for about a year. But again, we, I do think we're massively worried in certain areas, definitely. Yeah, and let me just kind of, good point you mentioned the football. And me and Danny have mentioned the football constantly on, on this podcast. Yeah. Is it important for you to be there for your for your son and for us to be there, Rocket? Do you think it's really important that you need that release? You mentioned about getting out the house and you mentioned your partner and stuff. Isn't it? You need something for yourself so you don't drive yourself insane. So it's all very well having a couple of quid in the bank, but if you're not there as a dad, you know, our kids are missing out, aren't they? Yeah, you know yourself, well, you use both. You play sports, you know, you are active. Um, I don't know what you use, but I don't do anything from a Saturday to Thursday. My missus will say to me, you want to go for a wee walk around the block? Because I'm literally a basket case, you know, work yeah. three, four days hard. It's like you just, I'll go to football, come back a different man, like just chill out and I'm laughing. And I was like, you're so like, it's so uptight. So, what my point is, you picture the lads that were doing that and have been doing that their whole lives, and they think that they have to stop playing their sport or their hobby because they've got kids at home. You know, I, I am going to do a podcast on this that, you know, the lads need to know that can still do their hobby, but be a dad. And like I did, Country and twice a week. But if I need to do my gym work, I'll do it around times that I'm home. But I still get to go to my football on a Thursday. I still get to go on a Saturday. And it's massive for your, definitely for your mental health alone and your energy, I think. Yeah. No, and that's that's what I love about your podcast is the fact that it, it opens up all these different avenues for people to be able to talk about it and then for those listening to be able to think about it as well. And like, I think I've always appreciated it from the angle of like, I grew up very much in like an army type family, um, like granddad was in the army, great granddad was SAS and stuff. And like, it was very much that attitude of you, you suck it up and you do it. Like you're there yeah. to work yourself as hard as you can, push yourself. Yeah. You shouldn't be complaining about it and just get on yeah. with it. Men, men don't cry. Like, what are you doing? Like I was around my granddad saying to that, that to me when I was younger and stuff like that. He was like, 
what are you crying for? Like, if you cry about something, be like, be crying for. Like, men don't, men don't cry. Girls cry. And that was it. And that was kind of the, the attitude, the stigma. And that wasn't a, a blight on him. That, that was how he grew up. That was what he was taught. And that's what he knew. So opening up those doors is great. And obviously, you've had a lot of really good people on. I know you've had, like, David Brady on, who's been on our podcast as well, from That's Mental. Um, and different boys like that. Being able to open up those different doors for men to... Because as much as we like to think that we're progressive, we still do have that underlying attitude that, oh, well, we should just kind of suck it up a little bit and maybe we shouldn't be talking about stuff and men don't, yeah. men don't talk about things. Like, we just, we can play football and if I, if I want to get my emotion out, I'll go hit the crap out of some boy on a football pitch and that'll do me. <laughs> we're obviously talking about it and, and that's the whole format of the podcast, being able to talk about it and talk about those problems and issues, which is, which is great. Yeah, Tell respect, me. respect, Marty. Absolute respect for what you're doing. Um, it's, it's a different avenue, and um, I'm sure. I mean, I, I don't. I've not discussed this with many people, but I guarantee you, out there, there's there's men and dads out there that have listened to your podcast, and it's taken them away from reality for an hour, and they've um, they've had common ground because a couple of episodes I've listened to, I, cer- I certainly have. So fair play to you, buddy. Appreciate that. Thank you, lads. But that's what it's all about, isn't it? As you said, same as what you're doing. Love Liverpool, so always listen in, you know, and it's it's just fantastic when you're hearing a, a Liverpool point of view. Because you can something you can relate to, and as you can see, I've got the old uh, the old school one on tonight. Ah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's not the one I had on as a kid, it never it wouldn't even fit me on, never been my body. But <laughs> uh, but no, your podcast is fantastic. That's why I appreciate the the uh, feedback from these all men as well. Thank you. No, it's good, man. It's good. And leading into that, obviously. They always say statistically one of the things that, that helps men to be able to talk more is while they're doing something. We, we say about football and, and me and you, obviously me and you played together um, when I first moved over here and stuff. And football is a good outlet to be able to chat to lads because fellas generally talk when they're doing something, like when they're busy, whether it be in a, in a gym, whether it be playing sports or whatever. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that we normally do is football is kind of something that opens doors to be able to chat to people because you're not looking eye to eye, you're doing something, you can kind of get into conversation. And yeah. obviously the three of us, one of the big reasons of getting you on here is because you're a big Liverpool man. Like getting into that, getting into the, the nitty gritty depressing depression of what football is at the moment. <laughs> how <laughs> how have you you can maybe answer the question that we were trying to answer in the first half. Okay. What what is going wrong with Liverpool's season at, at the minute? Is is it something as specific as if we get two midfielders, everything will be okay. Or is there something more to that? Is, is there maybe a deeper issue that we're, we're, we're not quite seeing? Then also, I have a theory. So, again, this doesn't mean it's right, you know, because <laughs> I never judge the boss, man. You can literally get us rallying and still back. And that might sound crazy, some Liverpool fans, but I just think it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And as I'll probably agree, in our lifetime, he's given me, anyway, the best sort of five years, four years as a fan I've ever seen. So, oh, yeah. I'll never doubt him. So again, but my theory on it is, um, we had a. Oh, sorry, you jumping in there. I was, I was going to say, Molly, just to let you know, just in case you didn't know, since me and Danny started this podcast, Liverpool have won every single trophy imaginable. So we'll just go. We'll, we'll just we'll just we'll just say that. <laughs> Point proven. There you go. <laughs> so um, so my theory is again, how many games we played last year? Was it something like sixty? Yeah, it was close to. Yeah, I think it was fifty-eight yeah, altogether. It was crazy. Like every game possible we played last year, literally we couldn't have played another game. So. You take that into, am I right in saying the season started earlier this year or we only got a month, a couple of weeks break? So, I mean, you know yourself, when club came in, the amount of hamstring injuries and stuff we were picking up, and my theory again was because he's absolutely rushed on the train, 
getting them fit. So Plant didn't have that month where they really had to get them fit and ready to go. We had a couple of weeks. So we started leggy. You know, we're running less than anybody else. And mm. um, with an aging team, again, 58 games last year, it just needs a freshen up. And not to use a swear word in this podcast, but Man United and Alex Ferguson, what I think he always done right was to usually sign about two players a season, mm. just to freshen things up. And I heard Jimmy Carragher saying there, I can't remember what game it was, but I'm sure you've seen it, that we have signed one midfielder in four and a half years. Is that right? It's Anastiago. That is not good enough. They keep that, what is our ninja room is our midfield, as you know. So that should have been refreshed literally, I think, once a season minimum. You know, even if it's even one every two years, moving one on, bringing one in, just to keep freshening it up. And as I said, they used to swear word man, you know, that's what Fergie done best, and that's why he had prolonged success. So again, that's my theory. It doesn't mean <laughs> Yeah, no, I think I think yeah, I think you've got a good point. Do you know what? Like me and Ammo have both had completely contrasting theories, I think, to a certain degree. My my thing has been the fact that there's there's almost a, a reason for every player on the pitch. For me, I think a big part of it is maybe Salah's not playing as well because he hasn't got that competition with Mane anymore, which he's had for yeah. the last few seasons. Great point. Uh, and obviously, like, sort of morale issues and different things like that. Um, I think Klopp's always worked with younger players. He likes younger players, but I think... I think he's relied maybe on Curtis Jones and Harvey Elliott, and they're maybe just a bit too young at the minute. And we'll yeah. put it purely down to the fact that we sold Divock Origi in the summer. Like that, that's all. <laughs> no, the <laughs> jokes aside, the jokes aside, Origi would probably get a lot of game time this season. You know, you know, considering if you think about it, considering. Yeah. Um, but actually, it brings me on to another good point on new number twenty-seven. So, in the yeah. first part of the podcast, uh, Marty, me and Danny were discussing Nunes there. Now, me and Danny thinks. He's got the potential of, of, of being great. But I made a bold statement last podcast. I said, I think he's going to be one of Liverpool's greatest ever, play, ever players. And I, I'm, I'm sticking to that statement. Tell me, you now 10 goals in his first 23 games for Liverpool. Yeah. Tell me, you know, we haven't got it all night, but in a couple of minutes, what are your feelings about Nunes? Now, where do you play yourself when you play football? What position do you play? Another half. No, I definitely because I haven't got the legs no more. Uh, <laughs> but I, play, I either play left, sort of wing back, or center half. Start Started okay. as a striker. But as you can see, I think one of the centre half. Fair enough. So I'm talking from a striker's point of view. And yeah. Danny was saying, I was basically trying to say to Danny, you know, he's in the position to score goals. It'll come good. Danny was basically saying, I agree what you're saying, and you've got to give him a, a, the benefit of the doubt for his first season. But he's missing easy chances, which he'd yeah. score more or less. He's saying. So tell me, what, what what's your thoughts on Nunes? Well, talking about the easy chances, right? Have a look at the goal he scored on Saturday night. I did not see that coming. You, I was thinking. He's going to put this wide, you know. And he literally just caressed in the net. So it looks like if he can't slow down, if the price tag isn't too heavy, that he could be an absolute world beater. Mm. Because I just enjoy watching him because you do not know what you're going to get. There's either three things he's going to do. He's going to absolutely torture the fans and score a goal. He's going to headbutt somebody. Oh, he's going to do something. There's going to be, he's just, you don't know what you're going to get. I know that sounds crazy, but it's just great to watch, you know, because it's like, like, what's he going to do tonight? You know, <laughs> Captain Chaos is his name, but he has massive potential. But he needs to, again, in my opinion, he needs to slow down when he gets into the seasons. Like, for instance, Lennox and Michael Owens, and who I had in the back of this top as a kid, Robbie Furler, were absolute cold, you know, when they got in that position. They would have scored bucket fools. But as you said, he is getting in the seasons. But if he can calm down, I think he could be an absolute world beater for And if he hits 20 goals this season, how is that a bad season? Because he's, he's halfway there. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Do you think he's had too much put on him? Because and we know we know as sort of lifelong fans, we've been through all this time. We were talking in the first half again about we we remember the the Peter Crouch coming into Liverpool, like didn't score a single goal in his first fifteen games, couldn't hit a barn door. But yet he came good. You you know the players do, but do you think he's got so much more pressure on him because Haaland's coming at the same time and everyone's going, well, Haaland's doing it in the biggest league in the world. Why isn't Nunes doing it as well? Because there was all those comparison stats, wasn't there, at the start to say, oh, like Nunes has got the same type of stats as Haaland. So do you think that has maybe put that extra pressure on him that is probably unnecessary pressure from our own fans? 100%. 100%. I mean, you have the Manx tripping up badly because we're not doing as well. So they're loving having any avenue for the first time in four years to come at us. So they're like, oh, he's a flop. It's like, what about Anthony? Anthony is rubbish, in my opinion. He's lit. All he does is he spins and gets on. And, you know, so why is the pressure not on him? He was 90 million or something crazy, you know. But again, I haven't said that. Yes, I do. And um, also nowadays, there's social media. So I don't know if you just follow him on Twitter, but he, he's not biting as in replying to people. But he's always putting wee posts up, like nipping at people, telling people to be quiet. And yeah. but definitely just as you said, I think he's feeling the pressure. But I think we're starting to see a wee bit of a change in him. Even like he couldn't pass a ball five yards when he first said. But again, not that one too much. But when I started getting excited, really excited about him was do you remember the um community shield? Hmm. I can't remember who said he brought on, but they brought on two world beaters, and I was thinking, wow, you know. They haven't seen him standing on the line, getting ready to come on. I was like, it got me, I didn't get me now buzzing, thinking we have a world beater here as well. And then there you go, look what he done in the final. Mm. So, yeah, I do think that pressure was on, but hopefully it'll come good. Yeah, yeah, I like, I agree with you, to be fair. I think he has the potential to be like a Suarez style character, as you said. You don't know whether he's going to come on and he's going to like just kick someone in the face or whether he's going to score four goals. Um, <laughs> He just needs to be finishing those bread and butter chances, doesn't he? But I think, as we said before, you've got to you've got to give boys a benefit of the doubt. You've got to give them a season. There's a lot yeah. to be said about coming to a different country and twenty-three years old as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, only young coming into arguably the the biggest league in the world with the most pressure on you, biggest media presence, all the rest of it. Like you've, you've got to give it the lad a chance to be able to settle down. Now, I think about this, lad. Sorry to sorry to jump on this again. I know of course taking the time, but. Like he hasn't had a full team to play with. Like we're carrying injuries here, you know. Chata and Diaz aren't there. Imagine Diaz fully flying down that left wing, giving him balls. You know, there's all sorts. Trent hasn't been firing. You know, there's all sorts of contributing factors. I know he's getting the chances, but he is literally getting the chances from nowhere. He's creating them himself by chasing a dead ball. Or, but no, I'm excited to burn him, and I might get called deluded by anybody that watches it's a mic, but I do not care. So don't worry, I've said he's going to be like one of the most greatest ever players. I've put that out there. Yeah, and, uh, and I'm sticking by it because I think if Evan goes well, he will. But yeah, it, it's like like anything, like anything. Time will tell. Mm-hmm. Now, very tedious link here, but obviously we've done the would you rather at the start. We've got one more would you rather. But yeah, <laughs> just poorly, is it? <laughs> it's, it's not poor related this time. Um, <laughs> now, before we get to the Real Madrid game, we have got a number of different games coming up. We're still going to play Wolves twice, FA Cup replay and in the league as well. We've got to play Brighton, we've got to play Chelsea and we've got to play Newcastle. Now, would you rather win all of those games or would you rather lose those games and beat Everton and get Lampard sacked? <laughs> I'd rather win all them games. <laughs> and a heartbeat because... Every time we drop points, my heart's in the front. Like, we're not going to get top four here, you know? So I know that there would be 
so sweet because one of my good friends is a, an Evertonian. But uh, no, I'd rather win all the games. What was your answers, Dennis? Well, it does first time I've asked. Talking of questions, actually, and, and you know, to be honest, with you, I agree with Mari. You know, I'd rather win the games. And but look, look, last was it last season? Yeah, last season where we had no, so the season before last. Where we where we come from nowhere and finish second, you yeah. know the point the points matter the points matter. But what I will say, I've got a couple of questions here that we kind of ask every every um, Liverpool right. fan that comes on the podcast. So very simple kind of uh, easy question that most people should come to. So the first one is is your first game at Anfield and who scored, and the second question is who's your favourite ever Liverpool player. So first year I went to was I probably can show the camera here because I was on Twitter chatting with this the other day and I got my ticket. It was a game, Paris Saint Germain, don't quote me, 19, there it is there, 1997, I think it was. And we played them in the semi-finals, there it is there. Uh, Liverpool Paris Saint Germain, 24th of April 1997. So we're playing PSG and it was at uh, it's, you can't really see it there, can you? Yeah, I'll send you the picture. But anyway, we believe you. My, we believe you. <laughs> that was my first game, and I was in the cop as well with my father and my sister. So it was uh, that was my first ever game. Fantastic. What was the, what was the score? Who scored? We, we won two 0 I think. But if you Google it, I think we need to score another one. It was they beat us three to an aggregate. But I just remember at the end of it, Robbie Fowler throwing his boots into the crowd, nowhere near me, obviously. But I was thinking, watching it his boot because I absolutely idolised him as a kid. But favorite ever Liverpool player was that the, the next question? Yep. Yep. You can see who it is there, that man there. I've got two of him. There's one over there, but I also have Jamie there. So there's Jamie Carragher. So he's my hero, like my all-time hero, but that's my favourite player. He was just ridiculous, and I imagine him in his team right now. Yeah, I mean... What, sorry? Have you ever had the chance to meet Gerard? Never. I met Carragher, though, and I only got the picture, but no way you meet, you get a meet and greet. So yeah. I told him he was my hero and all, and he was like, oh, brilliant. He was like, oh, but <laughs> he just big lad walked in for my hero. And he, <laughs> I got it before the him and I paid for it, and my eyes were closed on it. So I was like shaking his hand. Oh. Like, oh. <laughs> That's grim, like. But uh, it's just class to meet him. I was so in a world of him, like, you know, because it just, it was actually the one, again, an old stuff for time. But when he became like my hero, the 2005 final, when he was cramping up and all, it's just like, he would die for that shirt, you know? And it just explained how you feel about your club and, no, what a lad. But yeah. never met Gerard, unfortunately. Have you guys? Yeah, I've I've met both of them. I used to, I used to um, you wouldn't know this, Marty, I used to work at Anfield. Um, wow. And I actually waited on Stephen Gerrard's box. He has a VIP box at, wow. at Anfield. And I waited on his box for, for um, about two or three months. So I met him before every single game. And this was when he was at, at the peak. But I've said the story before, but I'll tell you, and it's a good story to tell. <clears throat> I always remember after most games, he'd come up to his family, his wife, Alex, and his kids. So I think he only had two kids at that stage. Yeah. But as he was coming down, like he's, you come out like the corridor with the boxes and you, you go down the lift to like the old school car park. Everyone, everyone's aware of that at Anfield. Every single game, the security guards would, would go up to him and say, listen, do you want to escort it out? And every yeah. single game, he would say, no, that's all right. You know, and, and he knew, he knew rightly that he was going to get pestered, you know, coming out, yeah. that, out that gate to his car by probably a couple of hundred Liverpool fans. But every single game, he said no. So I've had the pleasure of meeting oh, them both. Um, but yeah, I mean, I agree. Gerard's my favourite ever player, um, Marty. And I mean, Danny, tell Marty yours. Yeah, I was going to say, well, talking about that first of all, yeah, I've met Gerard a couple of times. One was, I was taking an assembly in a school. It was actually his old school that he used to go to in Heighton. Um, 
and I got ushered into a green room at the side before I was coming in. And uh, I've been doing like football lessons there all day because I used to do football stuff over in the pool. And um, Gerard came in because he was doing the assembly in the school. So I was literally in a green room, just me and him for 10 minutes in a weird situation where I was just sitting there and he was getting changed into his football kit. So I was just standing there like a pervert watching him strip off in front of me. <laughs> Very strange scenario. Um, so that was amazing. I'm wrong with that, <laughs> Got a proper 10-minute chat to him as he's like stripping off. Um, awesome. And then I've met him just a couple of times after matches and stuff. Like, awesome. I love Gerard, and I will caveat that by saying I love him. Um, yeah. But I, I, I struggle struggle to beat Xavi Alonso. That's, that's yeah. my... That's he was <laughs> he was on that midfield free, you know, I was the song about them. I was saying it's a sub one too, but that midfield free and Mascarano and Gerard, it's just like imagine that in our team now, like uh, nobody, nobody beats like, you with them free in the pitch like that. Wow. We have. But it's uh, no fantastic. <laughs> I think sometimes you relate to people you know from playing with me previously, Marty, that I am slow as anything. So watching a guy like Xavi Alonso that barely moved and yet was able to do magic on the pitch, like oh, I- didn't, didn't break a sweat, so he didn't basically just, yeah, just strut it about and control the game. Fantastic. <laughs> but as we come towards the end of this, I think we've got to ask you, Marty, about your predictions. So do, do you think, well, one, first of all, do how far do you think we're going to get in the Champions League? We've got a tough draw here against Real Madrid coming up in a few weeks' time. Yeah. Um, got to play at home first. Got to play at the Bernabeu second leg, which is always a really tough one to do. And then secondly... Realistically, what position do you think we're going to finish? Do you think we're going to make top four this season, or are we realistically looking top seven? Depends on injuries, and if we get one, even one midfielder in, just to refresh that midfield. If we don't get a midfielder in, I think we're looking at fifth or sixth, unfortunately. And I don't like to be negative because I'm not like that type of fan. But if we get a midfielder in, just to refresh it, you know, and, and give give them a lift. You seen Gakpo put himself about. You know, we need another one in midfield behind him, chief following suit, where he was looking around him and there's they there to sort of stand there like this. So depending on midfielder, you know, fifth or sixth. Um Champions League again, I, I don't know, like for me, I'd see like no, obviously just I'd rather get a Real Madrid and then you get a Baron in the next round instead of getting like a an easy one where you can get an easy route to the final. Oh, these games are what we live for. So you just never know. Whatever pool, I'm not. I don't know how to make a prediction on Champions League. We can absolutely transform here three or four nil at home, or they could beat us one nil like they do. And so, in the terms of Champions League, we'll see it happens. But the league depends on a midfielder, in my opinion. Now, obviously, before before all of that, we have got a load of crazy games coming up. As right. a cup replay, Wolves to play, <laughs> Chelsea to play at home. Uh, Newcastle to play, which we never thought we'd be saying. Right. Well, I thought we'd be saying it maybe in three years' time when they've probably got Mbappe and all sorts by that point. But yeah. um, I didn't think we'd be saying it as soon as we're saying it. But Newcastle are a, a really tough game this season. So it's going to be exciting. It's going to be interesting. And hopefully we can build up some momentum in the build up to this Champions League game. But you know what, Marty? It has been. A pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on, man, and for talking to us about the footy, talking to us about all sorts of different stuff. Um, as I said, for anyone that hasn't listened, make sure they tune into Marty's podcast. Make sure they're listening to it. Uh, well, well worth your time. And yeah, thanks for coming on, man. Really, really appreciate it. Hope you've enjoyed yourself. Thank you, Marty. Keep keep doing what you're doing, buddy. No, listen, lads. Thank you very much. Really enjoyed it. As I said, get to talk about my podcast. More importantly, John and these boys. We've talked about doing this for a little while, so. I'm glad I could jump on and uh, thank you for having me. Thanks, Liz.
No worries, no worries, anytime. And thank everyone for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it. Hope you've enjoyed the games that are coming up and hope you pick up a little bit of speed for us so they've got a little bit more exciting things to talk about next time. But thank you all so much for listening to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Find more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk. Sport Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.